Oh, Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the privilege to share your word today. I ask, Lord, that you breathe on this word today, Lord. You think through my mind and you speak through my lips in the name of Jesus. That we all be blessed, Lord, and edified by your word, Lord. Reveal to us all you want us to have today in the name of Jesus. Everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord, seek or stranded, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you come to their aid right now in the name of Jesus. That you activate what needs to be activated. You will stop what needs to be stopped, Lord. Whatsoever thing you've not planted, Lord, take your way, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you establish your plan and your purpose, your will, Lord, for our lives in the name of Jesus. Be that glorified for in Jesus' most precious name we've prayed. Amen. So excited. Um, you know, today is an amazing day. Amen. So just go straight to the word of God every day in the kingdom. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. You know, we all have needs. You know, we have things. We desire everything. We, as a matter of fact, we have an idea of what a perfect life looks like. But I tell you something, you know, God has uh, opened more for us. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. And as it come into the heart of any man, those things he has, pre- he has planned, he has prepared for those who love him. The next verse says, but it is the spirit that sessions these things, even the deep things of God, and reveals reveal them unto us. Say, no man knows the heart of a person except the spirit of that person. And so when we interact with the Spirit of God, we know the things he has for all of us. And, um, and so he has a lot, you know, amazing things. You know, he has called all of us into a glorious future. He has called us into this marvelous light. Matthew 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And that's what we're engaging when Jesus was on earth, we established that he preached one message, and that was the message of the kingdom of God. John the Baptist was preaching the message of the kingdom of God. And this is a time where God is restoring all men into his kingdom. And not just being restored in the kingdom, but living in the kingdom every day. The kingdom is not a thing, or the kingdom is not, you know, just um, um, a place we just get into and then things continue as usual. But a, a kingdom, you know, it's a living you know, we've been brought into a place and then we live according to what? The, the systems in that kingdom of God. And that's what we're doing. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 13 verse 11, he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So we have these mysteries and we are revealing them. Uh, you know, we're going deeper and deeper into all of them. I was reading my Bible this week and um, I saw something in the book of Daniel. One beautiful thing about the book of Daniel was actually, you know, first of all, it's a book, you know, a reality, something that was happening in the life of Daniel. And he also talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, about, you know, how he, he lived with kings, you know, different kings. But there were, there's also the revelational aspect of the book of Daniel, you know, talking about the things to come, the things that, that, that would happen. And in Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, the Bible says, During the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness, and it will stand forever. The kingdom that will stand forever is the kingdom of God. Everything will be crushed, but the kingdom of God will, you know, would, would stand forever. 
previous week, you know, we talked about, um, you know, for three weeks now, we've been dealing on the supernatural as a major key. As a matter of fact, the first key, and uh, we're talking about the Spirit of God, we've gone through indwelling, so that the Spirit of God is inside of us, is with us, for us, you know, for our own growth. Talking about being led by the Spirit of God unto good works. Talking about character, you know, bearing fruits. And then we were talking, and then last week we started the dimension of the power that is the Spirit of God upon us. The Spirit of God upon us to, for service, to do great things, you know, to, uh, to do good works, you know, into, for the kingdom of God. And uh, Acts of the Apostles chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. A witness is somebody who has proof of what has happened. In a court of law, a lawyer might be speaking, might be talking, you know, a lot of arguments here and there. But a man with proof, most of the times, is you know, just quiet. And when everybody finishes with their drama and everything, and the person with proofs, you know, with a, a witness, simply shows the, the proof. And then everyone is silenced. You know, in the world today, there's a lot of noise. People are saying a lot of things. And I believe this is the days we actually need proofs. The Bible says in the days of his power, the people shall be willing. We said this is our year of miracles, signs, and wonders. Because our year of miracles, signs, and wonders, these are the signs, you know, these are the proofs, the things that will follow us. And, you know, introduction into the power realm exposes us to such expressions. And I, I was able to pen down few necessities of power in the kingdom. You so many of them that, you know, if we check over the kingdoms of the world today, and then we can really see them. And I was able to pen down a few of them. You know, why a kingdom is, why power is necessary in a kingdom. And what people use even power for in a kingdom. The first one is what? For peacekeeping. For you to have peace, you need force. You need power. No wonder the United Nations, you know, um, they have a military um, team. They call peacekeeping force. And what's the, the, what, 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 what's the duty of these people? It's so that there will be peace on the earth. So that, you know, anybody, who, uh, any nation or any individual who decides, you know, to do something against the guideline of the United Nations. And just this team, this team, you know, um, and, um, which, um, which is a consequence of um, different military men and women across the world. They are a part of this team. And they just enforce peace and order, especially in war zones and, you know, different places. So, you see, people only trouble those who they have, who they feel they have more power than. When you see somebody who is stronger than you, you, don't bu you can't bully the person. People are always looking for weaker vessels, people who are less to trouble. But when you see somebody who is stronger than you, you, you simply give way. And so, for you to have peace, you need power. Power is essential for peace. Remember, um, last time we were dealing on the series of ne uh, on Nehemiah, and we discovered that for them, for the people of um, the people in Jerusalem, them who were building the wall, for them to have the wall, for them to have peace, there was need, you know, for you know, for the military organization of the military side. Then you saw them carrying, you know, one, they were building with one hand, they had the theme, and then with the other hand, they were with, you know, spears and everything, just in case anything will happen. 
and nobody troubled them afterwards when we talk about the military aspect. So for you to have peace, power is essential. And this is our kingdom. For us to have peace, power is necessary. Military power, financial power, educational power, scientific power. The next one is influence. Power goes hand in hand with influence. A powerful king is one of great influence. For you to be influential across the earth, power is essential. You know, there's this name, you know, this statement we use for the United uh, States of America. We call them the world power. And when you check, they actually have the greatest military and everything. And um, because they are the world power also, like we call them, they have huge influence across the earth. You, like whenever they pull away, they pull out from something, it affects every other nation. You know, anything they say, the nations that are under them follow them. That is influence. And why are they following this nation? Because of what the power that they are yielding. And so a person of power is a person of influence. A kingdom of power is a kingdom of influence. Nobody ever bothers himself or herself or even associate themselves with a kingdom that is not powerful. The next one is power enforces, or should I say, where there are territories or uh, kingdoms use power to conquer more territories. You know, because you have a powerful force. You have a powerful strategy. And then you begin to win new territories. You begin to win new people over. And every kingdom always wants to enlarge its coast. They want to win more territories. When you check through history, you will see kingdoms, you know, conquering more nations, more territories. And uh, like we, we, I, I talked about the colonial system, how people would leave Europe with a very small landmass, just people with different languages, but then they would go as far as Africa, as far as South America, as far as Asia, just colonizing people, just extending their influence, you know, over these nations. And so, for you to conquer territories, there is need for power. And even today, in our world today, there is a psychological um, influence that people use in conquering nations over. And that is, you know, the financial sector. Even in, 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 the, in, the, in heart, you see nations, they want to sing like, or they want to act drama. They want to rap like a certain people. And that's influence, and they are conquering. And because of what there is a power connected to that. And um, we'll keep on going with that. So one thing I'd like you to know, for every territory, there is a power in charge. For every kingdom, there is a power that is controlling that particular territory. And I'm going to give us some examples, even from the Bible. We talk about the prince of Persia. You know, the Persian Empire at the time was the greatest empire in the world under the reign of Cyrus, the king. And if you even check, Nehemiah was serving under the Persian Empire in Shushan at the time. Daniel was serving under the Persian Empire under Cyrus also. And there was, <coughs> sorry, there was a spiritual force over that empire, over that city that was controlling the seat of power and because it was controlling that seat of power, it was controlling all the nations, all the nations connected to the Persian Empire. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 to 3, 
In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Bethesda. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. He understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. That is, he decided to fast three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. You know, we're made to understand afterwards when he was praying, God answered immediately. But there was a power, there was a force over that territory that hindered the manifestation of such. And until, you know, Daniel kept praying and the angel was released. Verse 20 to 21. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? This is the angel speaking. And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed the prince of Greece will come. But I will, but I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one opposes me against this except Michael, your prince. And this is an angel speaking. So you see, like different operations in different territories, different people in charge. Different power. You check even the Philistines in the Bible. They had a God. I'm going to read a, a very long um, scripture here. First Samuel chapter 5 from verse 1. Um, I might finish the old chapter. Just, just flow with that. It says, after the Philistines had captured the ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Asher. You know, they took it from the Israelites. And then they, they carried the ark into Dagon's temple. So there was a God over the Philistines, and his name was Dagon. And they took the ark of God and placed it into the temple of Dagon and set it beside Dagon. When the people of Ashod rose early the next day, there was, there was Dagon falling on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. So, you know, they placed the ark of God beside Dagon, and then Dagon fell and bowed before the ark of God. And then the people, this was their response, but um, on his face, they took Dagon and put him back in his place. But the following morning, when they rose, there was Dagon falling on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head and hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. So you saw the ark of God again, destroying Dagon. Physically, it was evident for them to see the effect of the ark of God on, you know, the, 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 the sculpture or whatever they are framed up that they were worshipping at the same at the time. And this was what the ark of God was doing to, to them. And um, only his body remained. That is why, to this day, neither the priest of Dagon nor any others who enter Dagon's temple at Ashod step on the threshold. The Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashod and its vicinity. It brought devastation on them and afflicted them with tumors. When the people of Ashod saw what was happening, they said, the ark of the God of Israel must not stay here with us because his hand is heavy on us. And on Dagon, our God, so you, saw, you see, their God was Dagon at the time. And the, the power of God, you know, the ark of God kept dealing with their Dagon. And you saw the effect. There were tumors, there was affliction in that city. And so, you know, this is to tell you, you know, that for every kingdom, for every territory, there is a power at work. 
And we are in the kingdom of God. And we are of the light. There is a greater power that is at work in our lives. That is stronger than any other power in the world. The Bible says in the book of First John chapter 5, uh, 4 verse 4. It says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So any other power. So this is power for power. There is a person who is actually stronger inside of you. Who is living in you. And that same person is also upon us for ministry. He's upon us for witnessing. He's upon us for service. He has, all, he has given us all the ministry of reconciliation. So we are all part of this work. Look at what the Bible says in the book of First Samuel chapter 17, verse 43. Talking about Goliath. When he was before David, he was beside his sword. He, he had huge belief on a God. On a God. It was not physical. Many of us, we fight battles in physical. Not knowing there is, that not knowing the spiritual is controlling the physical. We are so sensual about things that we forget ourselves. We forget to depend on the power of God every time. Look at what he said. This is Goliath was so angry with David. He said to David, am I a dog that you come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. He cursed David by his gods. And so all these people, there are people operating on the earth. For somebody, somebody will say, oh, Goliath depended on his physical strength also dependent on how on his body form. No. The people knew. Though he was big physically, but they knew like this person believed strongly in the God and they believed their God was with him. The same way our God is with us. Our God is for us. And we have the privilege to have God upon all of us. And this was David's response to him after he had caused David and verse 45 to 47 David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the beds and the wild animals. And the whole world, we know that there is a God in Israel. So the God, the God of Israel, is a God over Israel. And he released the power of God upon them. He said, continuation, he said, and all those gathered here, we know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And so, what I encourage you is, for every kingdom, power is at work. And it takes a greater power for the lesser power to bow. Just like the way Dagon bowed. But the people, you know, the first warning had come. He had bowed and the people were still persistent. They saw nothing strange in that. They took him up and by next morning, only the body was left behind and the leg and everything was broken off. Another principality in the city of Samaria we could see in the New Testament. Somebody will say, oh, maybe that's just the Old Testament, but what about the New Testament? The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 9 to 11, now for some time, remember in Acts chapter 8, from verse um, 3 all the way to verse 8, Philip had entered the city of Samaria and he had ministered to them. The sick were cleansed, you know, they were totally healed and there was joy all over the city. The people had received, you know, like, they had received the message of the kingdom of God. And then 
there was a principality in that city. Verse 9 to 11, now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people, not some people. You know, it's even difficult, you know, to amaze. Once a person can amaze everybody, that means he has actually held everyone to his grip, to his hand. Amazed all the people of Samaria, he boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a very long time with his sorcery. And of course, when Simon could not do anything anymore, he saw a greater power. He, he yielded to the power of God. So there was a principality at work in the life of Simon the sorcerer. And when the greater power came, all of them gave vow. You know, they left. You could see even in the life of Jesus Christ. The many people possessed with evil spirit, they kept screaming. They knew who Jesus was. They were screaming through the, the mouths of different people. So this is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Have you come to cast us out? Don't send us to hell and all of that. And um, so for every territory, there is a power. Somebody who actually had huge effect in a city, you know, the kingdom way, who actually became a principality. He went into the wilderness and people, cities were coming to him. What is not individuals, it's one thing to attract the attention of certain people, it's another thing to attract the attention of our whole nation or your whole people. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. I'm talking about the man of John the Baptist. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That was where he was, he was preaching the kingdom of God, and the power of God was so strong on John the Baptist. Verse 5 to 6, it says, People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And so you see, in our kingdom, you know, you see John the Baptist, he became a principality over that area. And talking about power, I talked about, you say, for peace, for us to have peace, there's need for power and everything. But what do we use our own power for? Or how do, do we fight war? Remember David had to, you know, throw, um, had to use the um, sling to sling Goliath down. But there is a new strategy in this kingdom that we are in right now. There is a totally new strategy. And that strategy is on our knees. It's in the place of prayer. Not just in prayers, but then strategic armor, shield of faith. And, you know, all of this, a combination of all of that, you know, we wear this armor and we begin to see God move. Bible says in the book of Ephesians 6, verse 11 to 12, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So you see, when we control those who are working in the heavenly realms over a, a society, over a place, over a nation, over a territory, then we become the principalities in those areas. We, we step into our office as custodians of the place we are living in. One thing I would like to say, like it's part of you know, what I've written down there is the fact that, you know, even in different spheres today, there are people in charge. When you talk about the entertainment industry, I will not lie to you right now, 
the enemy has taken over the entertainment industry. And this is, you know, he's now extending his influence. First of all, there's a financial power and he's spending a lot in that area. You hear of movies, great, like big movies, them spending billions into all these movies. And then they, they are areas, you know, they, they, they are things they present to us. And they make everyone feel certain things are normal. Things are just normal. Like, you know, it's okay to do. It's just this. You know, things that are wrong, we, we, we've brought it. It's not just this. And that's just what, that's what the enemy wants. And, you know, the more he keeps taking it, it's just this. It's just this. It's just this. There are people, let me use this street word. There are people who sound woke. You know, they, they, they feel they are woke. They are wise. You know, they know it all because of what, what the enemy has projected to them. And then we see God as this boring person, as this person who doesn't know what's up. Like, oh, like, oh, God, like, like, and everything. But that's because of what the enemy has presented to you, something different. He has presented error to you, and then you are looking forward to error. You know, we have different definitions for love today. And it's all almost almost all of them are based on what what the enemy has projected to us our value system is changing and so you see why why are they changing because of what the enemy has projected a lot so he has he has spent so much he has agents of destructions he has set in different fields and so even in entertainment in every other area even in the scientific world sciences is of god but then you see the enemy is taking over such sectors such spheres and that's why somebody will come and begin to say different things and say that, oh, like you are from a monkey, you are from lizard, you are from different things. You know, things that, that sound so foolish. And there are people who base their lives on such beliefs. The next one is power for wealth. Wealth is essential. And there are people who would spend billions. You know, uh, wealth is essential in the kingdom. But there is a power for wealth. And that's... Um, when, diff, when evil forces or evil kingdoms, when they lay hold of wealth, like I talked about the entertainment industry, they also spend a lot on war, war equipment. There are people who actually organize wars. You know, they organize war between two nations. Even there are people who cause civil wars in nations so that they can destroy the nations and take it for themselves. People who set different propagandas. They will spend billions just to pass wrong information, just to erase the history of a people, just, you know, to have regional influence. And wealth is important. It's good. But God is not asking us to seek wealth. He's asking us to seek the kingdom of God. And when seeking the kingdom of God, the, the power for wealth is released. God wants you prosperous. And I know there are many people who, you know, a lot of um, doctrinal confusion all over the place today. There are people who tell who say things like God doesn't want you to pro, to be prosperous. That the, the gospel is not um, um, that prosperity is not part of the gospel. But that's a lie. There's so many verses I, I can just call to you instantly. Tell John to love. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as I so prosper. Proverbs chapter ten verse twenty two. It says that what the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich and it added no sorrow unto it. Zechariah chapter one verse seventeen. It says that true prosperity my kingdom will be spread abroad. Think 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 or, or, or so. He said that though he was rich, but he became poor, that through his poverty we might become rich. So if all of this, you know, God has given to us in his word, 
That means he wants us to be prosperous. Our kingdom is a prosperous kingdom. And it's left for people to take hold of that. And, you know, in kingdoms, like I said, you know, there are agendas. And God has a great plan. He said, the plans that I have for you, they are of good and not of evil. And in order to enforce certain plans, prosperity is needed. Talking about the man Cyrus, that he was not a believer, a firm believer, but God anointed him so that he would what? He would serve him. He believed that God is God. But, you know, by reason of covenant, he was not, um, he, he was not under the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He was not an Israelite. But he believed God was God. God was real. And thank God we have now, we have access to this God. We don't need to be Jew, Jews. We don't need to be like Jews by birth. But then right now, we've been won over. Oh, I wish this man Cyrus was in our dispensation. But God used him even in his time. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 1 to 3. This is what the Lord says to his anointed. God anointed this man for something. To Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor to open doors before him. This is God using Cyrus. And so that gates will not be shut. This is God making a person. And God can make you the way he has anointed this man too. But then he's anointing you for a tax. Look at the first, the introduction. Whose right hand I take hold to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor. Kings of different kingdoms or failed of wicked kingdoms. Remember what I read in Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. He said, during the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and it will stand forever. And so the same thing God had for Cyrus here. I will go before you and we level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and we cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by your name. And there are secrets that are hidden. People think they know it all. Remember what I said in First Corinthians 2 verse 9. It says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Then has he come into the heart of any man. Those things he has prepared for those who love him. People think they know it all. But man is limited. Remember he says, but by his spirit, these things are re revealed to us. And he took Cyrus for a purpose. Verse 13 now. He said, I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness and I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free. But not for a prize or reward, says the Lord Almighty. And so power is essential. God empowered this man for a purpose. And that power produced wealth. That power produced, you know, armies that began to conquer and to set the people of God free. And now we are in this dispensation where God can use you. God can position you. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17 says again, again proclaim saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, my cities shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and again choose Jerusalem. 
Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. See, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which is swore to your fathers as, as it is this day, to this day. I have a good news to, for you. God blesses people with wealth. Like I says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest, uh, no, sorry, the blessing of the Lord it make it rich. And he added no sorrow to it. Amen. Just a second. And he added no sorrow to it. Amen. But I have a bad news for you. Like, not, maybe not for you. The bad news is if the only reason why you want to be prosperous is so you can fulfill, you know, you can spend it on your own physical desires or desires, things that actually excite the enemy, God is not going to empower you financially. You know, there is, God gives you power for wealth, for a purpose. And many of us just want wealth to buy the latest private jet in town, to buy a big Airbus, some people, if, if they want to start designing their plans right now, they don't mind having their own airports, having houses where a um, helicopter would land upon and all of that. We want, we have this um, beautiful desire and all of that. There's nothing wrong with all of that. But if it's not for a purpose, if all those wealth is, if that is what wealth for, then God doesn't give people wealth like that. He gives people... Solomon was wealthy. He was a very wealthy man. He was rich. All nations, people were rushing to Solomon. God blessed him with wisdom. But remember when he was crying, when, when, when not um, crying, but when God asked him, Solomon, what do you want? He asked for understanding and wisdom for something to be able to lead God's people. And God blessed him with that wisdom. That wisdom produced wealth, and he used it indeed to lead God's people right. And so if we will yield ourselves completely to God, we would see all God has for us. Now let's go deeper into the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now the baptism of the Holy Ghost is introduction to power. And it's not like, um, it's not um, graduation. It's just um, what they call this thing, um, matriculation. You know, you have been introduced into a realm for something, for something. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I'll give us a very um, funny story. If, you laugh, if, if it's funny enough, you laugh. If not, well, I, I will share it. Amen. Uh, I remember when I was in high school then, like, this is just a short story regarding, you know, how God works with people. We were praying. Daddy was a public holiday. And uh, we just decided, you know, brethren, we just decided to gather together, you know, just to spend time with God. And we started praying. And then while praying, somebody began to manifest, like, begin to, when I say manifest, begin, you know, she started acting funny. She would turn her eyes and everything, like she was possessed and everything. And... We, 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 like, the more she did all of that, the more we started, we were casting. Ah, bind you. No, we were casting. And it was stressful. Somebody brought anointing oil. Ooh, we poured everything. It was like we were, we were tired. We were shouting. Ah, out. Ah. The more she kept dancing and everything. And, you know, this thing went 
on and on, I think, for over an hour. And then that day, there, there is a young man called um, uh, then he was not yet a pastor. Now he's a pastor. Julius Osimen. He, he was from Feka. Feka is a station of um, Christian students. And then that, it was public holiday. We we're not expecting him. And then he, and we were in one of the classrooms. Our classrooms are far from our dormitories. That day, what are we doing in classroom? Just went to pray. And so he came directly to that classroom. We were shocked. Like, we we're not expecting him. And then he came into that classroom. And then he saw us. And then he said something. He said that she's not possessed. People should stop. And immediately that girl became normal. And we were like, ah, this girl's been, she became normal. Like, she, like, even till day, you know, it, when he kept telling, like, afterwards, went to ask, he said that, no, she was playing with you people. She was like, she's physical. There's, she was not controlled by any spirit. And she was normal. Like, it, like, I was like, ow. So, now, he had the spirit of, the gift of discernment working in him. And, you know, led to that place where we were. And he was able to discern. You know, there are people who just, I don't know why they act funny anyways. But this one acted funny that day and she got us. And, um, of course, afterwards, you know, there's this, um, <laughs> where she gave herself a different identity. Because, you know, then we're like, if she was playing with us, why did she play with us? Or, and if she was not playing with us, then she's possessed. Ah, you know, like as little people at the time. Amen. So let's go to baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'll give us, you know, a few things for us to note here. I'll give us six of them. And um, actually, I have a lot, you know, to share today. But um, because of time, um, wherever I get to, I'm going to, you know, stop. I'm not stopping right now. I, amen. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. And um, wherever we stop, we'll carry on from next week. And I promised, promised us something last week. Uh, if we get to that part today, I'll do it, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. If not, you know, to next week, and God, it keeps getting better. The first thing I want us to know when it comes to baptism of the Holy Ghost, that the Spirit of God is upon, is Jesus is the baptizer. is the one who releases the Spirit of God upon. He is the baptizer. When they said you're going to be baptized, for example, when Jesus was to be baptized by water, there was somebody who baptized him. And that was John the Baptist. It was written like that. Though, you know, even John the Baptist told Jesus Christ that, ah, he's not even worthy and everything. And Jesus Christ like, no, just do it. Like, this is what has been written. And, you know, it has, like, we have to do it. So Jesus Christ respected that protocol. And even in this, you know, in this dispensation, there is a protocol that Jesus is the baptizer. Two things to note. Under him being the baptizer, uh, you know, he released the Spirit of God, you know, into our hearts um, upon his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the indwelling dimension. And then upon his ascension on the throne, he released the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, this is John the Baptist speaking, saying, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, who standard, sandals, rather, I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts of, this, it was Jesus Christ who made that statement. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19, verse 5 to 6. You know, when uh, Apostle Paul got to the city of Ephesus, and then he was uh, asking the Ephesians, about 12 of them then, if, you know, they had received the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
And they're like, oh, no. Like, we only know one baptism. And that's the baptism of John. And this was what happened afterwards. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The second thing is baptism of the Holy Ghost introduction into the power realm, like I've emphasized, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, is introduction into the power realm. Anyone who is not baptized in the Holy Ghost as the Spirit of God upon, that person lacks power. Number three, it is for all believers. We all have that privilege to be people of power. It is for all of us. It's not for a few. It's for every single believer. Now, these are certain distinctions I would like to explain here is when you become born again, do you have the Spirit of God? Yes, you have the Spirit of God indwelling. But then there is need for baptism if you must operate in power. And every kingdom is a kingdom of power. Then you begin to live as a son. You begin to live as a king here on earth. Because he has sent all of us. You begin to live as a God. As a God. He says that I have made you a God over Pharaoh and Aaron, your prophet. This is God speaking to uh, Moses. You know, God had baptized, had laid the spirit upon Moses. And Moses was transformed from normal human into a God. Because of what? He had the spirit of God upon his life. And in our dispensation also, he has released the spirit of God for us to walk in the reality of our priesthood and kingship here on earth. Acts of the Apostles 2 verse 38 to 39. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you, to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God we call. Acts of the Apostles 19 verse 6 to 7. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So all of them received it. Not one like in all. So you see, every one of us we have that potential. The moment you repent you, be, you become born again, then you have the potential to receive the Spirit of God upon you. Acts of the Apostles chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Spirit of God fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So even the Gentiles, not for Jews alone, for Greek, for every human being, for Africans, for everybody, it is for you. The fourth one is tongue is the evidence. I'm going to talk about more of this later because it's a huge topic. On it. So I'm going to start it um, today if there's time. If not, move it to next week. The fifth thing is the Holy Ghost comes with gifts and abilities. That is, he empowers us for service. And I'd like to remind you that, remember, he's our governor. And so the king... Jesus, you know, like he promised, he's going to send us the Holy Spirit, and he has sent the Spirit of God to all of us as our governor here on earth to walk in us, to walk with us, and to walk on us, upon us, to release us, release power, and he comes with gifts, 
It comes with tools for manifestation. The sixth thing to note is the governor, that is the Spirit of God, knows the people well. He knows you so well. And he knows where and when to appoint them together with specific tools. He knows where to send you to. You don't tell him where to send you to. It's an appointment. He has appointed you for a purpose, you know, for a time. As such, you know, for, he has, and there, there is a plan. And he gives you the right tools. The right, and those are what I call what, what the Bible calls what? Spiritual gifts. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Working of miracles. Healing. Faith. You know, like, the just shall walk by faith, but then there is a gift of faith. There is also a gift of tongues, which is different from um, speaking in tongues as evidence. But there is a gift, a special tool. I'll talk more about this. And then, and, and that one is really, it's a prophecy. And it works best when there is interpretation of it. So you begin to declare. And then there is an interpretation of that. And then a prophecy is released by that. The gift of prophecy also. The cement of spirit. All of this is, uh, is in First Corinthians 12. From verse 8 to 11. And talking about times and seasons and um, places. You know, like I said, for every territory there is a kingdom. There is a power at work in that territory. And when, you're, when somebody is to go into a territory to conquer that territory, he's empowered with certain tools to go there, you know, and walk. Let me, let me give you one example. Um, during elections, there are people who produce propagandas against their opponents. And there are also people who um, create counter-information against anything the opponent is going to bring to them. And also in our kingdom, the enemy comes with a lot of lies. And then we are gifted. You know, we, 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 we begin to know things. We begin to discern things. We begin to receive word of knowledge, word of wisdom, you know, the prophetic in display. And you enter into a, 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 a territory and you see that, you know, people are sick. They are always, like, they are sick, different sickness and disease. And God sent somebody into that place with a gift of what? Of healing. With a gift of healing. And he begins to walk in that realm. Why would God give you a gift of healing when there are not sick people and then the people need something else? You know, they need a, a, a different thing. So, like all of these gifts, prophecies, they will pass away. You understand? So they have been given, because in heaven we don't need them. So he won't give you all of that. He won't give you in heaven because we don't need them in heaven. We need them here on earth because there is a problem here on earth. And so different territories. I remember those days, you know, like, um, like according to what I read, I was not there. Um, and um, over 60 years ago, 50 years ago in America, then the healing revival started. There were many people who were so sick. People were sick and then we had over 40 healing evangelists we had A.L. Allen. We have um, uh, R.W. Shambach. We had Ora Roberts. We have Kenneth. Egan. We had Kenneth Egan. So, so, so many of them that God released in that nation at the time. 
people with diverse healing ministries that God was operating through them. And then a time came. They started feeling as though the Spirit of God had left some of them. Because people, they, they, the crowds were not gathering. The crowds used to gather in those days, you know, like gather for them because of what? There were many sick people who were coming, you know, for healings and everything. But right now, there are no sick people anymore. And then God started a new work in the life of so many people like Kenneth Hagin, who started teaching word of faith. Because now for many to even sustain the healing, they need the word of faith in their heart. For many of them, you know, to move into a great, uh, you know, into greater realms, to live. The Bible says, just shall live by faith. God started walking through him. And then we also had, um, even Ora Roberts, he started a university till date. The university is making impact. Kenneth Egan's faith ministry is still making impact till date. And then God sent, you know, a wave of, you know, a different form of evangelism. And um, one person who worked greatly in that area was Billy Graham. Billy Graham's meeting, there were no healings. Like, he was not doing, um, performing miracles, healings, and the rest. He was just preaching, sinner, preaching to, to sinners. They were giving their lives to Christ. And so we must yield ourselves to God. We must yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. And he's the one who wills. You know, anything he wills, he gives to us for a purpose. For a purpose. And in certain areas, Many people wonder why some men of God, even uh, revivalists, get a lot of results in Africa, especially in the healing area. Because there are many people in such places who are under demonic oppression. And so, the governor knows what a, a, a region needs, and he empowers people with that, and he gives people tools, he gives them gifts like we are establishing in this place. First Corinthians 12, from verse 4 to 11, it says there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, that is the same spirit of God. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, that is the same spirit, to another the word of faith, through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another descending of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the governor looks and says, okay, we want to construct road in this place. Okay, we need to employ certain people who are gifted in this area. And then he releases a budget. He knows them very well and he knows the right contractor to do the job. And that's the same thing with us. The more we yield ourselves to him, the more he works. Now one thing, in the Old Testament, there were people who opened this. Um, in the Old Testament, seven of these gifts I've listed above were operational. But in the New Testament, two added to the seven and they became nine. What are the two new ones? That's um, the gift of tongues and the gift. That's the spiritual gift of tongues and the spiritual gift of interpretation of the tongues. 
that produces prophecy. And in the Old Testament, the people with the Spirit of God came upon them and they walked in this frame, different realms. We had Elijah, Elisha, David, Moses, Samson, different people. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Judges chapter 14 verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, talking about Samson, and he, upon him, see, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a, a young goat, through, though he had nothing in his hand. With his hand he did this, but he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, talking about David and Samuel. Samuel took then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Elisha also, 2 Kings 3, verse 15, says, But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And so, the Spirit of God walks upon, and we are in a dimension, and when it's upon us, it's for power. Is for something. I round off with this. With this, you know, that is the evidence of baptism of the Holy Ghost is tongues, and there are scriptural references for this. The first place where tongues was mentioned in the Bible is in the upper room. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. Now we're going to read who were the people in this upper room. See, I went there, and when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. There's over 120 of them, about 120 of them staying where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Aphius, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. This all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. So even the mother of Jesus was in the upper room. And then something happened in Acts of the Apostles 2, chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them, upon each of them, and they were all, not some of them, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So they were speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Another example is Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Spirit of God fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the Spirit, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered. So they heard the people speak in tongues. So it was an evidence, it was a sign. Look, you see that what? Look at what it says here. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them. So the Spirit of God has put it on the Gentiles, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Another example is when Apostle Paul was in Ephesus, from verse 1 of chapter 19 to 7, say, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, 
that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism, that is baptism of water. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a, with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were, they, when they heard this, they were be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. Another example, you know, there was a sign that was expressed. I talked about Simon the sorcerer who were following them and then he was like, uh, you know, he, 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 he followed them and something happened. Acts of the Apostles 8 verse 14 to 18. Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to, to them who when they had come prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, then laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when they received the Holy Spirit, of course there was a sign. If you read afterwards, then um, Simon the sorcerer then asked them that he needed the same power to be able to what? Release the Holy Spirit upon the people. So there was something he saw. Definitely it was tongues he had. And then he said he needed that thing also. Another example is in the life of Apostle Paul when um, Ananias prayed for him to receive the Spirit of God. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hand on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the way as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the effect of that, of course, is spoken tongues. Somebody will say that, but where was it written here that he spoke in tongues? But look, look at what Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. So he was a man who always prayed in the Spirit of God. And um, while we'll talk more about the distinctions and operations of gifts next week, I just want to talk about, you know, just two verses, um, two places of the Bible I'm going to read to us. Uh, we are many, you know, uh, last week I gave us one, so I'm going to give us two more. And next week we're going to go deeper into this. Um, it's the abuse of tongues. People abuse tongues a lot. And uh, people come into churches and begin to pray in tongues. It's good to pray in tongues. But it is for edification, your own education. Not, like, the Bible says something, First Corinthians 14, verse 23 to 24. He said, even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church, into your church meeting, and yet everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. So if they come to church, you know, that's why, you know, we try as much as possible on Sundays in church, you know, whenever maybe someone is leading prayers or something, you must interpret, you know, you must, you know, say what he's saying and not just start. Like, I would also think you are crazy if you just... In the church, everybody is rap, 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 everything throughout the service. And how will I even know you are done? 
And that's why he says, yes. look at what he says. But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of their sin and judged by what you say. And so it's important, you know, for you to be able to communicate whatever, whatsoever thing you're saying. Remember when in the day of Pentecost when Peter stood before the people. You know, the people had accused them of something and um, he had to switch he had to switch. Like, you see somebody right now, rapper, and I'm like, are you okay? Like, like check yourself. Like, God is against this. I saw the Apostle of the 2, verse 12 to 17. So they were all amazed and perplexed. You know, they were, the people were baptized in the Holy Ghost, and other people saw them saying to one another, whatever could, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of wine. But Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my voice, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. So you see, Peter had to speak to them in English, you know, to explain this. So there's a lot of abuse going, you know, abuse of tongues that makes tongues look maybe even weird to so many people who don't want to open desire and everything. But uh, so, like, I'm just, by God's grace, next week, we'll conclude on this and also talk about spiritual gift, talk about ministry. You know, God has given all of us the message of reconciliation and how we play our part. We are in the kingdom and the Spirit of God working in us and working through us. Um, unto service, unto great works in this kingdom. And so God is going to help all of us in the name of Jesus. So we're just going to conclude right now. Right now. Um, can the guys just come forward? Lord, we bless you. Father, we bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name. Father, we bless your name. Thank him, Lord. Thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. Open your mouth and adore him. Thank him for this time. Thank him for his word. Father, we bless your holy name. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, we give you praise. Thank him for his word to us today. Thank him for this time today. Thank him for this word he has given to all of us. Father, we bless your holy name. We give you praise, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Just a second. Lord, we worship your holy name, Lord. Just thank him, just thank him. Lord, you are good, you are good. We bless your name, we bless your name. There's somebody you, you want to give your life to Christ. We're talking about a kingdom, one of great power. And you want to be part of this kingdom. You want to be born in this kingdom. In this kingdom, we are citizens by birth. 
and uh, how are we born into this kingdom by believing in Christ Jesus, believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. By believing in our heart, confessing our, in, with our mouth that Christ is Lord, Jesus is Lord. So why don't you join me in this prayer, Lord Jesus, I come today to you. I come recognizing the fact that you are the Son of God, recognizing the fact that you died, you were buried and you rose on the third day, that you ascended on the throne by the right hand side of the Father. Come into my life today. Come dwell in me. I want to be part of this kingdom. Thank you for dying for my sins. I'm a sinner. Wash me clean. Cleanse me. And bring me into the place of righteousness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Congratulations, you're born again. You're now born into this kingdom. If you said that prayer for the first time, uh, we would like to connect with you. You can write uh, us via email. Uh, our email is written on the comment section. We love you so much. God bless you so very much. And right now, you know, we said so many things about power. It is powerful health, powerful wealth, you know, powerful so many things. So this science shall follow them that believe. They shall drink any um, deadly thing and it will not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God wants you completely whole. And he doesn't just want that, but he wants to walk in you and through you. And you, I just like you right now to leave that thing up to God. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord is make it rich. And they added no sorrow unto it. Come on, just speak to him right now. Father, we bless your holy name. Rabala koteria kotoshka hada braduski hide bregedushka. Lord, thank you for healing, Lord. You say, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. Father, we give you praise, Lord. We adore you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for enlightening us, Lord. Thank you for transforming us inside out. Father, we are grateful, Lord. Thank you for the miracles. Thank you for the testimonies all over the room. Somebody you're looking for a job, God is connecting you right now. Even in this season of um, coronavirus or anything whatsoever, God is opening great doors for you. Say, behold, I'm doing a new thing. God is doing something in your life. You're believing for breakthroughs for your parents, for your siblings, for your loved ones. Come on, just thank God because he's doing that. This week you will testify. This week you will testify. Father, we give you praise for in Jesus' most precious name we've prayed. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Do something great to Jesus. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen.